0: Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I am your host, Janet denton and it's an absolute delight to have you here. I'm a marriage and intimacy educator, as well as a creator of the Wanting It More program, which has helped thousands of women who are married to men want and enjoy it more in the bedroom. You know, having low desire was something that I personally struggled with for years in my marriage, so I absolutely get it all. You are not alone. Just a heads up, I use all the words in this podcast, so if you've got little ears around or you're in public setting, you may wanna pop in some earbuds. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, just popping in here really quick to let you know that if you're listening to this episode on the day it was released, which is May 30th, 2023, today is the last day that you can register for the June-July round of Wanting It More. Go to jennadentonhouse.com wantingitmore to get your spot, and I'll see you and the rest of the amazing group already formed at our first class in a couple of days on June 1st. I hope you enjoy the episode today. Welcome back to Wanting It More, or the Wanting It More podcast, to be specific, since I have so many things called Wanting It More, it seems. Uh, Today, Joy is joining us for a conversation about, I don't know, we're going to figure it out. We just had a little bit of a pre-conversation. I was like, what do you want to talk about? Just like, I don't know, like everything? So I'm like, okay, (laughs) let's see where it goes. Joy is an interesting... Um, has an interesting relationship with me because she did the last round of wham. But I didn't really see her very much. And then suddenly on the last call, week eight, she just popped out with all this energy and enthusiasm. And I was like, Where were you? We could have <laughs> had so much fun. So I'm really glad that we get to spend this hour together, get to know each other a little bit better, and um, and then all my heart will feel better <laughs> that I didn't <laughs> miss out on too much time with her.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So to start us off, do you want to just give us a little bit of a background um, about who you are and what you what you do for fun?
1: (laughs) Who are you? Okay. Uh, Well, first of all, Jana, thanks for having me on your podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I am a 43 year old uh, educator and I have young children. I have a husband. I... I'm a happy person. I'm a happily, happy, bubbly lady, but was sorely lacking in the intimate qualities of my life. And my husband and I have been together since we were 16 and 17. So we're going on, I don't know, like 7,000 years together. Uh, (laughs) And that part of our life has never been easy. And it was kind of one of those things, like we'll be married 18 years um, this year and i sort of decided like that enough is enough i i wanted to be growing up i wanted to have the marriage where my children were embarrassed to be around mom and dad cuz they were so stupidly affectionate and just like grossly in love with each other you know physical pdas obnoxious and we weren't that and i was like how do i fix that So uh, I made the beautiful, brilliant, wonderful decision to join your last group of WIM. And it was one of the best things that I've ever decided to do. And for my relationship with my husband, it was the best thing. All right. We're
0: done now. Okay. (laughs) 16 and 17. That is young. So I have teen girls. Mm -hmm. And so we're navigating all that type of stuff now. Mm -hmm. Do you remember those early days? How oh, I many- do. Yeah. I so remember how- them
1: vividly. Oh, and tell I, us the I, story. I was the 17-year-old. He was the 16-year-old. Okay. So we we started like I actually had a crush on his best friend first. It didn't work out, which is a good thing. And then we um basically our first date was to the drive-in with two of my girlfriends. And he came over to my house and had dinner with my whole family. What? Like, it was intense. And we went to the movies and then, you know, it kind of went quickly from there. I'm the only, you know, we haven't had a whole lot of other partners uh, in our life. Uh, And it was a really great, like, I can remember all of it. I still have every note and letter he's ever written me. He's kept all the ones I've ever like notes left in lockers and left on my windshield of my car. Cause you know, that's what people did back then. It's not (laughs) all about text messages. so I like every card, every letter, every note. We've kept them all. And it really, it really formed who we are because we've known each other as children, as adults, and then as parents and and then these more recent years. So that can sometimes be a good thing and it can sometimes be a challenge as well.
0: Yeah, and we we have a very similar timeline. I have known my partner since I was... Yeah. Just turned 17 and I'm 40 or almost 40. So Mm -hmm. yeah, very similar. Interesting. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Did you, how did your physical relationship evolve?
1: So it was funny. I was thinking about that today as I was thinking about the podcast and what I wanted to talk about. And I was thinking, I'm like, I don't know if I've ever really had a super great relationship with sex in general. And even when um, my husband and I started dating, You know, it was great for sort of the first four or five months. And then I freaked myself out. I was convinced that I had to do everything I could to make sure I didn't come home pregnant because my parents were going to kill me, Mm. which is funny because my parents would never have killed me. They would have been the parents that were like, wow, that was a really dumb decision, but like, let's figure it out. Right. Like, I have super supportive, wonderful parents, and they would not have killed me. They would not have kicked me out. It would have been fine. But I was petrified of getting pregnant as a teen. And altering the course of my life. And that like stressed me out so badly that my prom night, I gave myself my period. So I wouldn't have to have sex on prom night.
0: Amazing. Yes. That mind body connection. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it, and then, and then it was like that sort of the rest of our relationship. It was challenging and absent and difficult and not easy there was no ease to that part of our relationship. And the fact that we're still together all these years later, Wani's a very patient man, Uh, you know, (laughs) but you know, the fact that uh, obviously our relationship, the other parts of it are strong enough to keep us together this long. Yeah. That
0: anxiety about getting
1: pregnant is (sighs)
0: so intense and, Were you on birth control? Were you using
1: condoms? Yeah. Yeah, we were on birth. I was on birth control. And like when I did go to finally have children, I had to be put on medication to get pregnant. So I probably wouldn't have gotten pregnant in the first place.
0: (laughs) All that stress. Right.
1: Yep. All that stress for nothing. But that's okay. That was part of my like what what made me and part of my journey. And that's okay. Yeah. Do you remember
0: talking about your pleasure or exploring it or, you know, just
1: thinking about how to make it feel good? I when we were because we were sort of our first big relationships for both of us. So there was definitely lots of exploration. And I remember it feeling I've always felt super safe with him. Like always from the first hug to now. I've never like I've always felt safe with him in his arms. That's always been a safe place for me. So I do remember being, you know, inquisitive and, uh, you know, curious. And so was he and, and then it just it's like a door slammed hmm. and it didn't open again when did that happen uh when i it was sort of like around when i turned 18 hmm. and it never really opened up again and like ever
0: how and, did you um talk about that at as an 18 year old with your partner uh,
1: probably not very well yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know it was just sort of one of those things that there was just always a reason not to want to um whether it was you know we aren't getting along or i'm tired or i have a paper due or i have other things i'd rather be doing or whatever and we still spent tons of time together and we went through a period once i went to university he was left behind and that was a big struggle those next two years were really challenging um because he was left behind and maybe that lack of physical connection caused a feeling of lack of connection in general uh, probably in both of us and it was a struggle for a while and for a couple of years and then it sort of simmered down and we found each other again not physically but just in general we were able to connect a bit better and then it's kind of been the same way ever since the only time we ever were very physically active together was when we were trying to make babies yeah.
0: Usually that is, that case. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and like, we,
1: we tried to make it fun. Like it, it wasn't a chore to do it that way. Um, but you know, once I was pregnant, it all stopped.
0: So, well, first off, um, that's a big commitment to stay together when you're that young. And then also to have that distance, were there any times where you questioned not staying together?
1: We did. And we did take like a pause when, during that university phase, we sort of went our separate ways for a little bit, um, not anything major. Um, and it was weird because uh, we were brought back together because I actually um, had a, a sexual trauma and he found out about it and went, heck no. I'm like, I'm going to drive up to you. I'm like, you're seven zillion hours away. Just don't worry about it. And he lost it. And that's actually what brought us back together like tightly again was me having to go through a traumatic situation and him realizing he didn't want me to do that on my own. And he wanted to be there and he wanted to support me and he wanted to kill people, but you know, in a normal kind of way. Um, But that, it was strange that that's kind of what made us realize that we didn't want to continue on our own paths. Cause even when we were separated, it was like best friends without the benefits, which is what we'd been anyway right it didn't really change except the title changed um of our relationship we stopped calling each other boyfriend and girlfriend and just went with friend um but nothing in the relationship changed Mm. so yeah we you know that kind of connected us again to change that label and and then we were on the path within a couple of years we were married and whatnot
0: that's incredible. And to feel that because sexual trauma can bring up so much shame and mm-hmm. it's so easy to keep it secret and not tell anyone and just do it yourself. So. And the fact that you felt safe to reach out to him and tell him, it's just, and then how he responded uh, that like is exactly what we need in those moments. It's just Absolutely. someone to just have our back no matter what.
1: Yep. And he has, like, he's always had my back. That's the most brilliant part is I feel like we've always been in partnership our whole lives. Like, we've been together more than we've been apart in our whole lives. And we've always been there for each other and supported each other, which is a very, I'm very thankful for that piece. Yeah. This journey would have been a whole lot harder without him.
0: Right? It's just so nice not to do life alone, to have a, somebody there to help us. This yes. The world is tough. It is. And it's just, I mean, as as much as relationships are, are hard work and require effort, the reward is pretty awesome. It is. have somebody in your corner. Um hmm you feel safe with and is gonna encourage you and support you and nah, all that good stuff I love it yeah. I love marriage it's so good We <laughs> do. When, when you said that like were you just not having sex at all or was it not no. at all no nope. so nope. like a long time then, like non-entity like no nothing <laughs> nothing just nothing like, no oral sex no nope. nothing and nothing
1: nope. no. no nothing <laughs> Just, just nothing. I like. I don't. How does he put up with me? I don't know. No, I don't know. I, that's not at all what I mean. I think. <laughs> no, I know. What I? You know, why am <laughs> I
0: broken? You're not broken at all, and it makes so much sense. And it's just really, really great that you're here talking about this honestly, because there are so many women who are in your situation and they feel extra broken. You know, mm-hmm. um, no one really talks about this part of it. Not at uh, all. Not at all. So did you talk to your friends about not having sex with your husband? Did, did you Did you seek any
1: help? Um, not really. Because I don't know if it was the people that I hung out with, but people didn't really talk about sex and the difficulties and the challenges. And, like, people didn't talk about – I remember thinking we had this weird random conversation in university one night about, like, masturbation or whatever. And everyone looked at me like <gasps> – what a shame I was like whoa easy peeps like what are you freaking out about like we're just having a conversation about it in general I'm not pointing fingers at anybody but it was interesting to hear the instant shame behind the conversation and now being a mother of two children and being an educator around children and like it's a conversation and it's not something I want my children to hide from and mm-hmm. as much as it may not be something that they should go up to their bestie and be like, hey, bestie, let's talk about masturbation together. um, I want them to at least feel comfortable talking with myself or with my husband. Like, I want that to be an open conversation for them to know that if they have questions or they're confused, I want that to be a conversation. And because it, it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have really helped because I like to think that I'm not the only person who struggled with sex growing up. And the pieces surrounding it, just that intimacy piece in general. Um, and if I'd had somebody who was like, hey, you know what? I'm going through the same deal. I might have not felt so alone and I might have brought it more to the forefront so that it maybe it would have been fixed earlier. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or or sorry, not fixed, but would have been <laughs> de- developed. It would have been <laughs> developed and improved.
0: I love that reframe great job Joy (laughs) gold stars
1: (laughs) top by the best Jana top by the best (laughs) so was masturbation a part of your journey like it was that was definitely I I think it's important for self-discovery and self-exploration was it talked about was it something that was no not at all it was not open just Mm -hmm. something you did like hiding in a corner yes not really hiding a word but yeah under the covers right and Maybe um,
0: in a corner. <laughs> or <in> the, bathroom.
1: <laughs> the bathroom. Yeah. So you know, but I mean, my husband and I have talked about it together. He and I have had those conversations um always, but it was never outside of that little bubble. Mm. So you and your husband
0: would talk about that you were having solo sex like on your own?
1: Yeah, not I mean, not a ton. There was right. definitely a phase that I was not comfortable just talking in general. Mm -hmm. And I remember writing, like, uh, what do I want for myself in the future? And on that list, there was like to have a happy sex life Mm -hmm. and thinking like, huh, what do I do about that? Like, I can't fix it on my own. So what do I do about that? And he and I have even talked about finding like a therapist for that or going to like a couple's resort. I don't even know. But, you know, that was always sort of pie in the sky. I don't even know where to start. And then we found you, Jana. And then we found me. Yeah. Jana to the rescue. Exactly. You should have a cape. I should have
0: a cape. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. actually Super Jana one Halloween. Yeah, My that's mom awesome. Made me a big J and everything. That's <laughs> awesome. I love that. Little did she know you would be Super Jana when you were yeah. all, all grown up. May not have been quite the super Janet, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. That wasn't
1: maybe what she had in mind, but that's okay. We appreciate it nonetheless. We
0: always laugh about it because I kept my maiden name, and so <laughs> I. And it's very unique because it's hyphenated, and yes, my parents actually created it together, and so there are only a couple of other Denton houses in the world. And yep. so <laughs> that's my parents and my brother. Yep. You're welcome, everyone. <laughs> yep, start work on all of you. <laughs> yeah, so. Okay, I'm still like, we're gonna get to where you are now. I'm still curious about your conversations with your husband. Mm -hmm. So you're not having sex at all. Once in a while, you're talking about maybe some masturbation happening. That was it? You were like, did you fight about it? Was there?
1: No, it was just as again, it was a non entity, just a non thing. Yeah, it just didn't come into the conversation. And I felt very shy talking about it once I got a little bit older. Like when we were teenagers, it was no biggie. But then as we got older and became adults and things like that, it it became like more taboo, which is ridiculous considering we've known each other forever. We've known each other's bodies forever. And it just seems crazy. But that's the, that's what happened. And I got really shy. And honestly, even through your program, I did, I did like my weekly workbooks with you. And I started I like a word doc and I started answering all my things and journaling it out through there. And I still felt shy. So I emailed that the document to my husband and said, FYI, this is how I'm doing. This is where my brain is. I want to share with you, but I feel awkward talking about it. So have a read. That's brilliant. And he wrote back saying, thanks so much for sharing. I really appreciate it. Love you. (laughs) And I was like, perfect, because I don't want to talk about it, but this this is where I am. And it's gotten better, um, even though we didn't finish that long ago, but it is better. Like, I'm feeling less inhibited when it comes to that. I'm not as comfortable as I'd like to be, but I'm, I'm OG, but
0: I. <laughs> you're on this podcast right now. That's know, amazing.
1: Like it. And it was cute because my husband was like, am I allowed to listen to the podcast? And I was like, well, yeah, it's you too. Like, I'm totally airing our dirty laundry and clean laundry at the same time. So have at her. And uh, so he's like, OK, that's great.
0: You know, sometimes I don't know in your friend group, but sometimes maybe not in my friend group. I don't know. I've heard I've heard comments, though, where where people will go on vacation and they'll make comments like, "Ooh, someone someone's going to get something yeah. or do you remember moments like that? And no,
1: because my no. friend group is not like that. Not, not at all. That kind okay. of group. Not at all. Even now like it's funny because since I started your course I've actually chatted to the women in my life about this subject of lack of intimacy lack of desire and because it turns out all my friends are in the same boat and it's really funny because I remember my husband saying to me like you know everyone is having regular sex why aren't we what why are we not doing what else is and I was like who who is this everyone else? You need to tell me who this everyone else is because I don't know who you're talking to. And the funny part is he wasn't talking to anybody. He was just like pulling a fact out of his ear kind of thing. Or like everyone on Grey's Anatomy. Exactly. <laughs> TV doesn't count, honey. They're not real. <laughs> so, but when I talk to my women friends now, it's funny because they're all like, nope, bottom of my list of priorities. You know, I don't I know. I got way better things to do with my time. And I was like, I get that. Like, I totally do get that. Yeah. I'm exhausted half the time you know, my son slept a total of three hours last night, which meant I only slept three hours last night, but like, that's okay. Right. It's, I don't want that to trump my relationship with my husband and our intimacy because eventually the children will hopefully leave home, have lives, be brilliant, awesome humans, and we'll be the two left behind. And I don't want to look across at him and be like, Hey, who are you? What? what floats your boat? What do you enjoy? What's at the center of your heart? I want to know those things so that when the kids are out, we're like, whoo, <laughs> let's party!" It's like naked house day or <laughs> like whatever, <laughs> whatever, yeah. whatever we're into at that point in time. It, it, yeah. it also
0: makes so much sense if this thing is just a chore, somebody else's need, we're providing, we're not going to look forward to it. We're not no. going to why would we, if it doesn't feel very good, it's, it feels awkward, embarrassing. Like, no, I'm going to avoid that. I'm going to do other things like watch a show or
1: clean my toilet. Okay. Maybe not that one, but, (laughs) but it's the same. It's also the same piece of like not feeling comfortable in your own skin, right? That's, I know my husband and I have both had times in our relationship where I haven't felt attractive or he hasn't felt attractive. And that seems to weigh less in his mind than it does in my mind. Um, but there are definitely times where that's been a piece of it where like, I don't want to be naked in front of you because I don't feel pretty. I don't feel attractive. Mm-hmm. And if that means, you know, we can't do things because it's going to lead to, and I remember that was that being a big conversation it, through whim is that <laughs> there's no leading to, there's no end goal. <laughs> the end goal is whatever the heck you want it to be.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that was a huge game changer for me too was knowing that it didn't have to go to a certain place yeah it's not about penetration yes
0: (laughs) the two main goals of sex male orgasm and get that penis and a
1: vagina (laughs) exactly and that totally even like it was it was during our xd this week like we were just having our our wonderful xd that you planned for us there our snuggle time which was lovely (laughs) And then that was, was really the cute. week eight coaching call question. Yes. So oh. you planned our first XD for us and it was, that was the coaching call. I think it was Thursday. And we, we had our XD that Sunday night. It was lovely and calm and quiet and relaxed and safe and great. And then it was the following week and we were doing our snuggle thing again. And I was like, mm, there's a, there's a little fire. There's, there's a little, like, a little some... fire happening in here. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to give you a little kiss, And I want to keep doing that. And I feel like a little more. And I remember saying to him, I think we should have sex. And he was like, seriously? And I was like, yep. And he was like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, he was like, are you sure? Like, are you positive? And I was yeah. Like, now shut up and let's go. <laughs> and like, it, I mean, it was just lovely to have that connection again. And to feel comfortable enough to say that. Mm. And I felt for me, that was a big step because it had intimidated me up until then. Ooh, tell me more. (laughs) Just the concept of the idea really of, of if I, if we do it once, does that mean I have to do it every time? Does that mean that every XD that we have has to include sex? And we did talk about that afterwards. And he's the one who brought it up and he said like, I get that this is not a regular now just because we did doesn't mean we will. And he's like, I get that. And I want you to know that. And I was like, thank you because I needed to hear that from you. I didn't know I needed to hear that, but I feel better now because that was always my intimidate. My big intimidation factor was like, if we start making out, we're going to have to have sex. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, that's it. I, I, I just don't even want to take one step because I'll have to take 20. Yeah. And once I understood, stood that through the program and he understood, like he did all the husband courses and stuff and learned lots through that, which was wonderful, Once he understood that too, that he was responsible for his own pleasure and there was no responsibility on my part to finish him, it took the pressure off hugely. And I really appreciated that. And that I didn't realize how important that was in my mental state until I got that level of safety
0: yeah those unsafe feelings and those that, pr- that can just shut you down for
1: years mm-hmm. yeah for years. <laughs> Jack- decades <laughs> and, whatever
0: <laughs> and it's uh unsaid and like you said you you don't even know that it's there mm-hmm. uh, it's just sort of expected and ah just yes why <laughs> why are we doing this to mm-hmm. to everyone
1: i'm um, why is culture doing this to everyone? Oh, and that, that's so, it's so bad. Like, you know, cult, the cultural piece, I never, th- I'd never thought about it until you brought it up. And now it's like what I talk about to everybody. As I <laughs> said to you in that coaching call, like I am spreading whim, like, like not like a disease because that's a bad thing, <laughs> but like I'm spreading it with as much love as I can because I think it's so important, especially with our youth, both male and female, for them to understand those cultural toxic messages and the toxic pressure and maybe just maybe with um, as many people as possible understanding that toxicity and doing their best to either ignore it or undo it yeah that maybe we can have stronger healthier generations
0: yeah, and becoming aware of it because it just so it's it's that sort of soup that we're living in. So we don't mm-hmm. even know how to define it or point it out because it is what we're immersed in all the time. And exactly. We can't even yeah, I I'm constantly having conversations with my girls about mm-hmm. what we're watching. And um, you know, I feel like what I was raised in I think my my mom is pretty open,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but sort of the culture that I was raised in in the eighties was, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. There still was that real like, like shame piece, like don't mm-hmm. dress that way, absolutely, don't, don't put on too much makeup. This is something that you need to shut down and be afraid of, mm-hmm. and, um. Yeah. It's just, it. yeah. What, what kind of conversations are you having right now?
1: Well, and it's, and it's funny. I'll backtrack a minute because like, I remember referring to my mom as business mom growing up. Like we didn't talk about anything ever. I think the first time we had a conversation was when I got my period
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: she had to open the door to conversation a bit. And that's, I did, I referred to her as business mom. Not that she was some big like executive or anything, but she, that was just the way the conversation was, is it wasn't a conversation in she, my house. Did
0: you know you were getting your period or did you just suddenly start bleeding from your I've,
1: vagina? No, I feel like we, she had given me, do you remember those books? Like where did oh, I Like come our from? bodies.
0: Oh no. Where did I
1: come from? And the other one was like, what's happening to me? And it's funny because my husband grew up with the same books I did and he still has his and I still have mine. So like that's <laughs> what <with> our kids <laughs> With, oh, I totally do. We totally do. Um, but so it wasn't really a big conversation. I mean, I knew sort of what to expect. My mom had to have had the conversation with me at some point because I wasn't frightened. Um, and I knew what was going on. But my daughter, who is 12, uh, we've had f- like full conversations. And it was cute because grade five that you get the letter home saying we will be talking about periods in school. And I was like, okay, we got it. We're having it with me first so that you don't go. What are you talking about? And like, get scared. So I remember taking her to a car. It was during the pandemic. So we went to Costco, we got ice cream from Costco. And then like, there was nowhere to go. Like I wanted to take her out for dinner and like have an event out of it. Nothing was open. So we sat in the car eating Costco ice cream, looking at the books of (laughs) where did I come from? What's happening to me? And having those conversations just so that she had a chance. And we talked about it and like, there's actually some really good books. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're by Mayim Bialik, Blossom. She's oh. Little... Yes. So I... she's... Oh, no. Yeah. What's they... a... They're, oh, geez. What are they? Okay. I will find out what they're called. Um, They are amazing, though.
0: Quick Google search happening right Yes, now. I'm doing
1: that right now. Oh, it's called Girling Up. Okay. That's one of them. And the, and then there's another, Oh, how boying up and girling up. That's Mm -hmm. what they're both called. She wrote both because she has two sons. Um, and she is basically how to be a girl and how to be a boy, but like real life, Mm -hmm. you know, like in the girl book, it shows pictures of breasts and how none of them look the same. They're all totally different and they're all totally normal. Mm -hmm. And then she shows like penises in the boy book and how they all look different and they are all normal and she normalizes a lot of conversations that people don't want to have mm-hmm. so my son and I have been we started to read his he was a little bit young so we kind of paused on it because like it does get into masturbation and all that kind of stuff which he was still pretty little he was not, he was eight he was like what are you talking about yeah. When does that
0: situation <laughs> start for boys? I, don't, I have- don't know.
1: We like, we've talked about what happens like when your penis gets bigger and why does it do that? Like dad's had those conversations. I've had those conversations. And so he understands that piece, but he doesn't like ejaculation is not there yet. So we'll wait a little bit on that one. Um, But with my daughter, like we wanted to make sure that she understood because I don't want her to, to be shy of her body. I want her to be proud of her body, proud of who she is and how she feels and how she reacts in those situations. I just want her to own that part of her life and be proud of it, not shy or scared or timid mm-hmm. or shamed. Oh, God, shame! No, thank you. I'm going to be that dumb mom that she's like, oh my God, mom, stop. I oh, want to talk about that with you. I like, am oh, that mom. I know. it's, And <laughs> I will take it. I will own that piece all the time because um... I do it with others through my employment. I have those conversations and they think it's, Good to have them, even if they're awkward. Like, who cares? At least they're being I had. This,
0: I have this model vulva. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, I haven't gone that far yet. <laughs> and Well, it's my job, and of course, so it sort of it's like, it's like a kind of a three D printed, and then it has a, a detachable clitoris, like the full anatomy of a clitoris on the Fantastic. inside. And so I use it for for my work. And so sometimes I just sit it on my desk, like depending on what I've been doing that day in terms Mm -hmm. of education. And so I think that's the one thing that my girls are like, mom, (laughs) could you please just put it away? I mean, yes, we get it. It's empowering. It's important. We get it, mom. Okay, but our friends are
1: coming. Over. Exactly. Our friends are coming over and they don't know about this yet.
0: I know, and I respect that. Absolutely. But totally, it was um, on Instagram today and there was a reel of a little, I don't know, maybe she was six years old and she was holding a crocheted vulva and she just Amazing. in the most matter of fact way was like, this is a vulva. It, this is the vagina. Some people think the vulva is called a vagina. It's not. This is the vagina. This is the outer labia. This is the inner labia, and that Love is clitoris. And it was just like the most natural,
1: neutral education. And Why not? I know. It's and that, like peepees just... and wee wee's. We don't have peepees and wee wee's, right? No. no. Um,
0: I was also I follow a lot of sort of sex educators on Instagram, and there's one who was showing some kind of like, uh, like flip cards, I guess. Mm-hmm. And in, on each card had just another really normal, natural uh, illustration of mm-hmm. something to do with period. So there was one that had like some blood on the sheets, like you've yep. leaked. Absolutely. Some with, okay, this is what dried blood looks like on underwear. This is Mm -hmm. what it looks like when it's been washed and it's stained. Mm -hmm. I just thought, wow, this is what a tampon looks like when it's
1: used. This is what, oh my gosh. All the things that people don't talk about and then you don't know what is normal. So then you think you're abnormal and you freak out.
0: Yeah, like I remember seeing the white discharge on my underwear for the first time thinking, what is that? I'm dying. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just amazing. So yeah. that's so cool that you're doing those conversations with your kids and with the um the other kids that you come into contact with, and that's just it's the best. I love those
1: ripple effects. Well, you know. and that's that's I, I assume that's part of the reason why you do what you do, right? Is to spread your knowledge and your vulnerability and your compassion and your support for making what people, I won't just say women, because you cover all of it, people in general go through and normalizing it. I mean, not that I want everyone, you know, to be sitting at a restaurant and everybody's talking about masturbation at the table. That's not what I'm saying. It won't happen. Don't worry. No, it won't. Somebody will kill us before we get there. Um, But I I like the fact that at least the conversations at home can be happening or they can find a safe adult to have those conversations with, or they can have the conversations with their friends who are going through the same things at the same time and can find support with each other and then hopefully turn to an adult who has more knowledge.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So
1: <clears throat>
0: moving forward, Joy... Um, with this uh, learning adventure that
1: you're embarking on. Uh, <laughs> how are you feeling about it? Way more positive, like way more positive. It's, it doesn't seem as daunting or intimidating. And it, it's something that I look forward to. And I know it's going to be a slow process. Uh, and I really loved one of the comments you made is like, this is something you're going to ruminate over for like the next year, year and a half. Like, it's not an immediate. When I originally signed up, I was like, okay, so we're gonna be having sex within eight weeks. Okay, got it. <laughs> and then I got to the first one. I was like, oh, no, we're not. Sorry, honey. You're gonna have to wait a little longer. Psych. And uh, that was a really important piece because I did feel like there was pressure to get started and to get to the to the end zone, like, like mm-hmm. finish line. Let's go. And yeah. so understanding that there's no, the the pressure was just washed away through this program. And I was really able to just sort of be in the moment and I'm able to be in the moment more with my husband. Um, like when life gets busy, we'll both, and it was like, I missed you. Hmm. Like I got home late last night. We'd been busy all day. I had, I had ballet last night. <laughs> another new fun thing to try. Why not? I love that. You're doing
0: <laughs> ballet. Oh, I'm going to do hip hop in September.
1: See? I got to say it out loud to make do it. Do it girl. I'll hold you to that. Call write me when you do it. Okay. <laughs> um, so I started a ballet class. It's funny. One of my young humans in my life said to me, your life inspires me. And I was like in a good way or a bad way. Oh, in a good way. It's like, phew, good. I oh, uh, I do random stuff. Uh, but I was home late and I went and had a hot tub because I was really sore. And then I came back in, I grabbed my book and I sat on the couch with my husband and he was like, oh, you're not going to bed. It's, it's your bedtime. (laughs) Cause I do have a bedtime. I do. It's 10 PM. (laughs) And I said, well, I haven't seen you all day. I thought I'd read my book while you're watching, beside you while you're watching TV. So we could like see each other for a bit. And he was like, oh, okay. And you could see, it was like, huh, she like, she's choosing to sit with me and it may seem simple and small, but it's not. Because for him, he knows my bedtime is like, like, it's been my bedtime since grade 13. <laughs> we don't mess with the bedtime. And I'm choosing to delay that so that I could spend time, even 15 minutes, with him at the end of my day. Mm-hmm. And he 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 saw it. He heard it. He felt it. And that was a nice way to end the day. And, it worked yeah, well. and you
0: <clears throat> you felt you were craving that comfort. You were mm-hmm. craving that uh, closeness and connection. It wasn't like a, oh, I better do this. No, not at
1: all. Yeah. There was no pressure. There was no sense of duty. It was my desire to be near him for a little bit, um, which was well received on his side. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was like a nice way to end the day. And it was funny because we we ended up not sleeping last night because my son didn't sleep and he was up a million times and whatever. But I didn't feel crabby about it. It was a great day yesterday. Like everything just sort of all day long, right to the very end, was lovely. And so my heart and my soul and my brain all felt capable of dealing with the, you know, two hours sleep that I got last night. And I was able to go to work today and do my job and not be crabby or not be moody due to the lack of sleep. And I do think it's because like just my my mental space was in a good spot. Mm. Due all those lovely pieces.
0: You know that you know how they do kangaroo care for in uh, yes. newborns. Mm-hmm. I've thought about that a lot when it comes to just touch, like being with our partners, and how mm-hmm. important it is for our just our systems to regulate. I mean, it can save mm-hmm. a newborn's life mm-hmm. to be on a human being, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think about that in terms of of us and and being in a partnership and what that. What, how that can regulate our nervous systems mm-hmm. and bring comfort and relaxation, as long as it's in a safe and no pressure environment. Exactly. Otherwise, it's going to do the opposite, and it's going to yeah. increase our stress. And so,
1: please, and I, yeah, let's not do I've, that. <laughs> I've noticed that too. Like my husband struggles with um, ADHD and anxiety, and. I have noticed like I'll see him in a situation and I can see like he is ready to like lose it and I can see that and I'll just walk over and this has been during your program. I've just gone over and I've just given him a hug and I'm breathing like really deeply and it's really funny and he'll go to move away and I'm like, I'm not done yet and I'll keep holding and I can honestly feel his whole system just go, oh yeah. And he's actually said to me, like after the fact, it's happened a few times in the last sort of two months, two and a half months. He's actually come to me afterwards and said, Thank you for that. I needed it. Mm. And he didn't know he needed it. No. But it's caused him to fully just be able to take a moment in that stress to just breathe and sort of balance out a little bit. And it's I remember doing it with my babies. They would be freaking out when they were younger, crying, whatever it was. And I would, I would just breathe in their ears. I would inhale and exhale loudly in their ears. And then they would catch it. Hmm. You know, they'd catch my heartbeat, they'd catch my slow breathing, and they would eventually, not always, but most of the time, they would calm down. And it's it's true. I think it's part of that kangaroo care is that having another physical presence attached to yours that is calming in your sea of madness, crazy uncertainty, whatever it is, can be incredibly calming in any environment. You know, if you're on a plane and it's turbulent and the person next to you is chill, then maybe you don't panic and freak out that you're going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, it may not <laughs> help anything or, or change anything, but maybe it's that ballast in the storm. Did I say that right? I don't know if I did. Feels like It, 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 it sounded great to me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we'll roll with it. <laughs> oh, that's so, that's so wonderful. Is there anything else that you wanted to share before we wrap up this conversation? Mm, no, that's a very broad I, question, isn't it? It
1: is. And I don't know where to start with it, but I no, I don't think so. I think we've talked about a lot of good stuff. And I I, it's just one of those, I hope that someone listens to this and says, ah, I felt that I've been there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not alone. That's, that's really all it is, because you helped me feel like I wasn't alone. And I want to be able to share that with someone else. So that little by little women will realize that they're not alone, or even husbands listening, men who are listening, thinking, you know, like, I've been with my partner for a really long time, and I'm not getting any. Mm-hmm. Then maybe this is a way that they can support them and realize that, you know, as much as it may not be seen or spoken about, that, you know, we see it. We don't always know what to do about it, mm-hmm. but we see it. And, you know, I would love to be a sexual prowess, but I'm not. And maybe that's just not my personality type. I don't know. But, you know, that doesn't mean that we, I don't care for my husband. It doesn't mean that I don't relish the time we have time together or, that I don't look for the intimacy. Yeah.
0: Doesn't look one way. That's for nope. sure.
1: Definitely just, doesn't
0: just a little pleasure, a little connection, a little slightly
1: more positive than neutral. And exactly. There we go. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, that, that was one piece, the finding pleasure in every day, everything like looking, is this pleasurable slightly more than meh? Yeah. It literally like changed my mind. I like every day. And I, I do it with everyone around me. Like is this slightly more pleasurable than meh to you? Like I'll make food for someone or I'll bake something or I'll make a compliment or whatever. And it's like, was that slightly more pleasurable than meh? And they're like, what? let me tell you. (laughs) And it does, it it just alters the way you look. I look at my days totally differently now than I did. And I think that has changed my mental state Mm -hmm. hugely. I see so much pleasure in the world than I used to. Yeah, so many little moments of potential. Yeah. And it's wonderful. That's a, it is a life altering moment. So thank mm-hmm. you for all, I mean, so many wow moments in whim, but even just like the little pieces that will change my world for the rest of my life. And I, you know, say I do, I will talk about them with my husband and my children. Like, okay, pause for a second. Like just right now, what is, what's the happy, what, what is the slightly more than me in your life? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, that is actually a good thing. I didn't think about it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, the small successes, cause I do, even though it's slightly more than me, it's a success. It's a happy, it's a peaceful mm-hmm. and so important.
0: Yeah. No, no matter how long it's been and that our bodies work mm-hmm. and we have five senses and our five senses can feel like you said, a little bit, a little bit, something a little bit positive. And then that's it. It's not, yep. it's not, it's not difficult. No. it's not easy, <laughs> no, <In the> culture. <laughs> but it, but it is a simple idea. So thank you very much for sharing your journey with us today. And I'm sure there are lots of women listening, feeling a tremendous
1: amount of relief and maybe they've laughed along with us. as well. <laughs> we do have good laughs, but thank you for having me on Jenna. I appreciate sure. it. I appreciate the opportunity to chat and share. Okay.
0: All right, everyone. We will uh, talk to you next time. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode, I have a favor to ask of you. It's really hard to get the word out about a podcast about sex. What would really, really help is if you would leave a rating and a review. And I know that you get asked this all the time in different podcasts, but please, I beg you, it would really, really help so that more women who need this message will hear it. All you have to do is go into your Apple podcast app it's the purple icon and if you go to the podcast page where it shows my face and has a little button that says latest episodes if you scroll down past the episodes and you get to a section called ratings and reviews there's a little purple writing thing (laughs) that says write a review if you click on that it will ask you to give it a five stars. Actually, you can put any stars, but five is what I would love and put a title and then write your review. Thank you so much for supporting this little venture here. And I really am so grateful. If you are curious about wanting it more and how this program could help you want and enjoy sex more with your husband, and you feel like it may be a great next step for you, you can go to janetdentonhouse.com slash wantingitmore to sign up for the waitlist, to learn more, to see when we're running our next round. All right, that's it. I'll see you next one.